Moshe and Yehoshua, two different individuals, two different leaders, two different approaches to being Jewish leaders, and all of that captured in Rashi's discerning the difference between where Moshe tells Yehoshua, Tavoi, come with the people to Israel, and Hashem says, Tavi, bring the people to Israel. The Pasuk, Vayikra Moshe, Yehoshua, Vayomer, Lav, Gomer, Chazak, Vemot, the Pasuk where Moshe says to Yehoshua, be strong, because you will come with these people to the promised land that Hashem has sworn to you, and you will give it to them as their inheritance. Rashi quotes the following words, and it's quite important to note which words he quotes. Ki ato, because you, Tavoya Soma, say, will come with these people. And he explains it to me as follows. Because you will come together with these people. Says Rashi, what does that mean? Moshe told Yoshua something very interesting. The Zekanim, the elders of the generation, they'll be together with you. And therefore, Hakol lefi daiton ve'atsoson. You're going to do everything according to their views and according to their advice. That's what Moshe told Yoshua. You, Yoshua, will be like the people following the guidance of the elders. But Hashem says to Yoshua differently. He says, You will bring, not come with, but you will bring the Jews to the land that I've promised to them. Says Rashi, You will bring them even against the will. As we'll explain. So firstly, we have to ask ourselves the question, what's bothering Rashi over here? What's so difficult to understand in this Pasuk that Rashi had to first bring the Targum into Aramaic and then give a whole lengthy explanation? So what's bothering Rashi? So the first thing we're going to attempt is what most of the Mephoshim try to suggest, which the Rebbe will be dissatisfied with, namely, that Rashi here tackles the fact that there appears to be a contradiction between two different Psukim. Let's see how the Gemara states what the contradiction is. Our Pasuk over here says, you, Yosho, will come. And just now, just after this Pasuk is going to say, you're going to bring the people. So which one is it? Are you going to come with the people? You're going to bring the people. So the Gemara answers, it's no contradiction. When it says, you will come with the people, as Rashi points out, that is Moshe addressing Yeshua, where he tells him, that you'll be together with all the elders. They'll guide you. Whereas the second part is Hashem speaking to Yeshua and saying, you'll have the power to even take the Eden against their will. Okay, so what's the simple explanation? What's bothering Rashi? The contradiction between the, psu- the two psukim. Except that that doesn't really fit Rashi's style. It works perfectly for the Gemara. It's perfectly logical. But it doesn't seem to be what's bothering Rashi for the following reasons. Number one, If Rashi is concerned about the fact that a little later the Pasuk is going to have a different Lashen, he should have told us that, as he just did in Pasuk Nitzavim. Oh, Lalon, look, it's going to say something different. Right? As we see in various places. But he doesn't do that. So he doesn't alert us to the problem that implies that Rashi doesn't feel that is the problem. Base number two. Also, if Rashi was only addressing the issue of Tavoy, you will come with the people, versus Tavi, you will bring the people, then the only part that he had to put into the headline would have been either just the word Tavoy, or at the very least, 
Tavoya, at the very most, Tavoya Sam. So why does Rashi also include the words, because you will bring the people? But the biggest question of the lot is, Until you get to the part of the Pasuk where it says, in Hashem's words to Yahushua, that you will bring the people, there is no question. Now Rashi doesn't usually address a question until it arises. So where should Rashi have raised this question? Hey, it says Tavoy and it says Tavi. Should have only raised it when we arrive at the word Tavi. And that's when you'll say, but didn't you just say Tavoy? Why does Rashi preempt a question that we don't yet know about? Unless, of course, that's not what's bothering Rashi as the Mephoshim has suggested. So the explanation rather is The fact that Rashi included in the headline also the words ki, because. Now, that's linking, right? That's linking this phrase to what came just before. What came just before? Be strong. So Madgish Rashi, Rashi is obviously emphasizing the fact that that, that Yeshua will accompany the people in Territ Yisrael. That is somehow an explanation for why Hashem, or in this case Moshe, tells Yeshua you have to be strong. So what's the connection between the two? That's difficult. So now you really have to ask the question. If you're saying that the message is Yehoshua, you will accompany the people into Eretz Yisrael, how does that explain why you need to be strong? In fact, to the contrary, if you're saying you have to bring them in, like the later Pasuk Tovi, that makes sense why you have to be strong. But if you're accompanying them as part of the crowd, why the emphasis on Chazak Vehemotz? So you might have wanted to stretch an answer to say that it's actually a follow-on from what Moshe said before. That Moshe had encouraged and empowered the whole community. That they shouldn't be afraid of the occupying nations in Eretz Yisrael when they get there, as the Pasuk says, make yourself strong and don't be afraid of them. So therefore you'd say, So then you'd say, okay, and in the same vein, when Moshe tells Yehoshua that he should accompany the Yidden into Eretz Yisrael, maybe he's giving the same message, you should also be strong and not afraid of the Goyim. The Rebbe is extremely dissatisfied with this answer. Because Chazak Ve'emot sounds like Moshe is telling Yeshua something that is unique to his experience. And this explanation just makes it the same experience as the Jewish people. That does not fit the Pshat. So what's the question? We want to know why is Ki Ato Tovoi? Because you'll accompany the people. How does that explain Chazak Ve'emot? So Moshe is telling him that he has to be strong. Omitzad Kushya Zoi. Because we're wondering what is the link, therefore, So when you hear that Hashem tells Moshe to tell Yeshua, be strong as you come with the people in Territ Yisrael, logic says, sounds like you're saying, because you have to lead them in, and you might need some power for that in order to get them. They may not want to go. So you might at this point have thought that Tavoy doesn't mean a company, but means bring them in. Therefore, 
you would have thought that here the, the instruction is that you bring them, take them by the hand into Eretz Yisrael. And if that were the case, then Tavoy means Yehoshua leading the Jews in. We'd understand why Moshe is saying Chazak Vemot, because we already have precedent in Pashas Devorim that you have to strengthen him in order to give them the inheritance of Eretz Yisrael. That's what you would have thought. You would have thought Tavoy is the same as Tavi. Rashi has to explain that it's not. So the question doesn't only arise once you discover the word Tavi. Later, the, the question arises now, oh, does, what does Tavoy mean? Does it mean come with on a, as an equal to the Jews? Or does it mean come and bring the Jews as their leader? Because Rashi wants to ensure that we don't understand Tavoy to mean bring the people. Therefore, that's why Rashi used Dafka, the language of Unculus. That the simplest explanation of Tavoy means you will rise, you will enter the land with them, you will accompany them. You'll be together with Eden. So the first thing Rashi has to tell us is don't. Blur the meaning of the word tavoy. Tavoy means come, not bring. You would have thought, because of chazak ve'emot, that it means bring. It doesn't. Ah, If that's the case, then you have a different question. So why taka if he is just coming in together with the yidden? Why does he need to be given the instruction of strength? What's so strong about coming in with the people? If you want to say drag the people in, you need strength. That's why Rashi continues. That's why he immediately tells him, listen, you have to realize that the Zekenim are going to be with you and everything is based on their insight and their advice. The fact that this Pasuk is telling us that you will come and accompany the nation. Who's the nation? The people who are standing there under Moshe's guidance at the time. Who are led by the heads of their tribes and their elders. So then obviously the elders are with you. What's the Chiddush? Ah, if the elders are with you. So therefore, what's Moshe telling you? So you don't have to be afraid of how you're going to divide the land and deal with everybody's squabbles about what they got or whether they're going to listen or whether they'll have the the gumption to go up and conquer. It. You don't have to worry because you have the skenim with you. What is your strength? The skenim. Where, so what are we saying? Why does Yoshua need strength? Because he's going to have to now conquer Eretz Yisrael and divide it between the Yidden, and that needs strength. The fact that he says you will go with the people, which Rashi interprets to mean led equally by the Skenim, is part of the strength. Yoshua, you're worried how you're going to manage, how you're going to stand up to your responsibilities. Don't worry. I'm giving you strength. What is the strength? That you won't be on your own, that you'll have the Skenim guiding every single step of the way. Now, that's all well and good. The question is, does it fit neatly with the words that Rashi has used? So let's now understand how this fits in the wording where Rashi continues not just that the Zekenim will be Yeshua's support, 
But he says, Why is it relevant for us to know, not just that the Zakenim support Yehoshua in his role, and that's the Chazak Ve'emot, but why specifically that everything will follow their insight and advice? The fact that Rashi is not satisfied just to say, the Zakenim are with you, they've got your back. But Dafka adds that everything will follow their guidance and advice. Move on. That teaches us. That not only will the Zakenim assist him, there's a very strong emphasis over here that everything will be conducted by the Zakenim's input and insight. In other words, so not only will Yeshua be a lone voice and somehow have to convince the entire nation to listen to him, in fact, it sounds like Yeshua almost doesn't have a voice. It sounds like everything is going to ride on the Skenim. And that's strange, Vitomua. Number one, where does Rashi pick this up from in the Pshat? If you hadn't learned Rashi, would you have thought that the Zakanim are going to be the guiding voice of here? You tell Yehoshua Chazak Vemot, and you're the one who's going to bring the Yidden into Eretz Yisrael. Now suddenly you're saying that the Zakanim are the ones who are going to dictate everything? Where do you see that? Furthermore, the Gemara says it all together differently. It says, you, Yehoshua, will be together with the Zkenim, almost as if they're equals. Hainu Yehoshua, ima Zkenim. Yehoshua, together with the Zkenim, will lead the Jews. Vila Rashi, shino v'kosov, loi shiyushavim, el hakol dafidaitan v'atzosan. So why does Rashi then say it so differently to the Gemara, almost the opposite of the Gemara, that Yehoshua seems to fade away because everything is guided by the Zkenim. Where does he get it from and why does he say it? Gimel, thirdly, Why? It doesn't make any sense that Moshe would have empowered the Skenim to have the full authority. It was Moshe who asked for a leader, and that leader landed up being Yehoshua, and he's the one who appointed Yehoshua to his position, and he did so with a tremendous amount of input, with a good eye. More than he was instructed to do, he gave like both hands, which is like gushing power and, and guidance and and um, uh, uh, authenticity to, to Yeshua, commanding B'nai Yisrael, he appoints him as the leader. Why would he now suddenly undermine him and say, actually everything is by the Skenim? In fact, even this Pasuk says, you, Yeshua, will be the one who distributes the land to the Shvatim. He's the one who's going to divide up the land. So where does Rashi suddenly derive from what Moshe is saying that everything is going to be on the conduct and, and the guidance of the Zakanim? It sounds contradictory. So where does he get it from? Why different to the Gemara? And surely he believes that Moshe's attitude to Yosho is he should be the ultimate leader. Okay, that's part one of the Rashi, Moshe's conversation with Yoshua. Let's look at part two of the Rashi, which is Hashem's conversation to Yosho, which is totally different. Then Rashi continues, But Hashem's version to Yeshua was, You will bring the Yidin unto the promised land. Against the will even. 
Akel toloi boch, everything rides on you. <laughs> Almost con- totally contradictory, right? Moshe says everything is in the hand of the skenim, and Hashem says everything is on you. Tell Makel the hachal kodon, literally take a stick and hit them on the head if you have to in order to get them to listen. And then he says, Davacher, an alternative explanation, is Dabar Echod Ledoir. Sorry, not, not Dabar Acher. Dabar Echod Ledoir, Vleshnei Daborim Ledoir. He says, you have to realize that there's only a single speaker, a single leader of the Jewish people. You cannot have two leaders of the Jewish people simultaneously. So, Ve'ine Muvan. Once you get to the second part of Rashi, few things don't make sense. Aleph, Kimadubali, Elsif, Aleph. Rashi, for a shakas, a kosher posse, kalasar. Rashi usually only deals with questions that arise in this pasuk, in this pasuk. So, ma kosher kam be'avonis ha-pasuk, shemitam zeh, utzach Rashi lichtev kan, avala kodesh baruchom mechulei. What are we missing in this pasuk where Moshe tells Yoshua, you will go with the Eden and now under the guidance of the Skenim to take the Jews into Eretz Yisrael? What's missing over here that Rashi has to say, but Hashem has a different approach. Why is that relevant here? This is relevant later when we get to the Pasuk that says you will bring the Yidden rather than just accompany the Yidden in Teretz Yisrael. Number two, the fact that Rashi includes so much information that you, number one, bring them against their will even. Number two, everything rides on you, Yosha. Number three, even if you have to hit them over the head. So that sounds like whatever Moshe suggested that the Zekenim should lead the process is totally rejected by Hashem because Hashem says, it's all on you. Not only will the Zekenim not be the support structure to Yoshua or his advisors, but Yosem is there. Sounds much more radical than that. It sounds like the attitude that Hashem takes over here is the Skanim will have nothing. So it's like a total contradiction. Moshe says the Skanim will have all of the power, and Hashem sounds like none of the power. Yeshua doesn't have to consult them at all. He can take a stick and hit everybody over the head and tell them what to do. move on. This doesn't make sense. Okay, so we get it that as a principle, there always has to be one singular leader of the Jewish people, and you can't have multiple leaders. And therefore, which obviously would be Yeshua in his generation. But what does that mean that the Zekadim can have no role whatsoever and not help at all, which is what Rashi implies over here in Hashem's words? Look at Moshe Abenu, who was an even greater leader than Yoshua, and he was accompanied by and guided and assisted by 70 Skenim, who carried some of the weight of the nation so it wasn't only on Moshe's shoulders. So obviously that was acceptable and it doesn't undermine the principle that there's a single leader of the generation. Because at the end of the day, Moshe was the single leader of the Jewish people, even with this Kenim. So why is Rashi so convinced that this could not happen in Yeshua's time? It was good enough for Moshe Rabbeinu to be accompanied by and assisted by the 70 Kenim, but suddenly for Moshe Rabbeinu, for Yeshua, it's no good. 
Gimel. Mama is a sim pirashashi dabrechot ledoi belechnei dabarim ledoi bepirash akosav. By the way, if the, the principle is true that you only have a single leader at any given time, but how does that add to our understanding of this basuk? And lastly, maybe a little bit of a nuanced question, if, if Rashi wants to emphasize for us that there's only a single leader of the Jewish people, we get that. Why do you have to say, and not two leaders? Surely Rashi's inten- intention of here is to say that it's Yahushua leading and not the Skenim. There's more than two of them. Surely he should have said it as you have one, not many leaders, because that would have suited the context. It's Yahushua, not Yahushua plus Zekenim. Besides which, who says you can't have two leaders? Maybe it's just that you can't have 71 leaders. 70 Skenim plus Yosho. But maybe it is acceptable to have two leaders. <laughs> Look, when the Jews left Mitzrayim, they had two leaders. Moshe and Aaron led them. So there are quite a number of questions we have to work out over here. Why is Rashi delving into the Tavoi Tavi thing before we even know about it? Why is the Chazak Ve'emot so clearly that the Skenim have to lead everything? And then Hashem's attitude is the exact opposite. Many things we have to understand. The Vabir B'cholzeh explanation is this. It all hinges on the expression Ha'am. Ha'teyar Ha'am azeh e'nei shem amalish when the Jewish people are referred to as Ha'am, the nation, it's not a compliment. We know this because we know at the time of the Egel Azov, they referred to as Ha'am. We know in Hasidus that Am is Mdashayin Omamos, which implies some kind of distance from the source. It's not a complimentary term. So therefore, if, as the Pasuk says, Yahushua, you will tavoy at company Ha'am, the people, that means that equates Yahushua in this move to Eretz Yisrael with the simplest, lowliest people in the community. Ha'am. You'll be Esa'am. Im Amo. You'll be with those people. On the other hand, but yet the Torah doesn't just say Ha'am. It says Ha'am Hazeh. That implies that it simply refers to the entire nation who was there at the time, which of course includes the top members of the community. So there's a bit of tension in the meaning over here. Ha'am implies even the lowest, and Yoshua is with the lowest, but Ha'am includes everybody who's standing there, which of course has the Skenim there too. Which is why Rashi says the Pasuk wants us to learn two things here. Aleph. First of all, it tells us this nation. These people are here right now. Which obviously must include the leaders. From that, Rashi says, From there we learn that Moshe is telling Yeshua, The elders will be with you. You'll come with this people. That's all of these people, including the best of them. They're there. They got your back. Then base Madgoshas Akosov Ha'am Lamed, but the Lamedim, but the fact that it says Ha'am, which is not a complimentary term, that also teaches us Shiyoshua Yachad S im Gamima Prusim Shabim Israel. 
that he's going to be together with the lowliest of the people. Oh, Kate said, how is that possible? You're telling me that the Skanim are coming along and that's the meaning of Hamazeh. So when you say Tavoi Esa Am, you'll be with the Am. That is like this great equalizer that implies Yeshua is together with the lowest of the low. How would he be together with the lowest of the low? The only way that Rashi can explain that is that everybody will have to listen to the guidance of the Zakanim, Yeshua included. The opinion will be completely in the court of the Zakanim. So Moshe Rabbeinu is effectively telling Yehoshua when it comes to taking guidance and advice, you Yehoshua are es ha'am, im ha'am, you're equal to everybody else, you have to listen to this Canaan just like everybody else does. That's Moshe's message to Yehoshua. How does that make sense? You're equating Yeshua to the ordinary folk at the same time that we know that he's appointed as the leader of the Jewish people. As we saw in Pinchas, by Moshe's request. Moshe, so Rashi already dealt with that in Parshas Pinchas. Let's have a look at what he says over there. When it comes to the part where Moshe says to Hashem, we need a leader who will go out ahead of the people. Rashi says that's a very specific reference to go out ahead of the people. That what Moshe was saying is we don't want a leader who will be like a typical non-Jewish king who sits safely in his palace and sends his soldiers out as cannon fodder. Rashi already told us then that the kind of leader that uh, Moshe was asking for is a leader who will lead from the front when it's a time of war. Which is actually what Moshe Rabbeinu is saying over here in this passage. He says, you will lead the, the process of dividing the land, which means conquering the land. So exactly what Moshe had requested, Yoshua will fulfill. He'll be at the helm, at the front, leading the conquest of Eretz Yisrael. Avol. But in Parshas Pinchas, Barashi's explanation, we do not see Moshe asking for a leader who will carry the entire weight of the people on his own shoulders. Their personal issues, like Moshe originally wanted to do, to hear everybody's particular, specific individual issues, which later he said it's not feasible, and Yisra explained to him it's not feasible, and he had to share the load. So, so you'll ask a question. When Moshe Rabbeinu asked Hashem, give us a leader. What kind of a leader did he say? One who's going to go from the front and lead the conquest where necessary. Now you'll ask the question, what about all the other things that individuals need from their leader? What, what about that? Even a child knows that this is not a question. Because the child knows from experience, from having learned Chumash, that even Moshe himself was assisted by 70 Skenim. So it's quite logical that Moshe assumes it will continue. He himself had 70 Skenim. So he doesn't have to ask Hashem, please make sure that my successor has 70 Skenim. That's obviously going to continue. 
מה שאין כן מלך להנהיג גם למלחמה יכול להיות רק אחד, ועל זה ביקש מוישה שלעדה וסמך יסי ישוע. אבל מה שמוישה did need to address is, we need a singular leader who will be brave enough, who will be bold enough, who will be committed enough to take the hidden lead from the front even when they have to go to war, and for that singular leader, he needed יהושע. So what's clear from Parshas Pinchas? We're looking for a leader for wars, essentially. The leadership structure to care for the individual needs of the Jewish community is already in place. Moshe doesn't have to specify it. And therefore there is really no contradiction between the fact that earlier Moshe said we need a man to lead. And here where he says everything follows the skenim. Because he says a credulous process. As an individual, your responsibility is to lead the Jews into Eretz Yisrael and divide the land between them. Um, but... And when it speaks about the fact that Hashem is going to lead us into battle, who's that addressed to? Yehoshua, when you, the individual, take us into battle, that's when Hashem is going to lead. But everything else, anything that is not associated with conquering Eretz Yisrael, carrying the weight of the people, that's part of the strength that Yehoshua needs, that you will not be overwhelmed by the day-to-day running of the community. What's the strength that you'll have? The Skenim with you. That's Moshe's message. Moshe's message is, we need, and I asked for it, and I got it, Yehoshua, to lead, to take us to conquer the land. And Yehoshua needs chazak ve'emot. He needs the assistance, as I had, of the skenim in order to deal with the day-to-day running of the community. I, it's a beautiful explanation, but still lacking something. A child is going to look at this and say, look, Yehoshua is the successor to Moshe, and he assumes that Yehoshua uh, inherited the position with all of the details of how Moshe Rabbeinu ran it, meaning, the child doesn't think in his mind, oh, Yehoshua is only the heir and successor to Moshe Rabbeinu with regards to leading battles. Seeing as we know that Moshe Rabbeinu did not just appoint Yehoshua in a generalized sense to lead the Jewish people, particularly to Eretz Yisrael, but rather he gave some of his own self, some of his own glory, so to speak, he shared with, with Yehoshua. And he warned them, you have to know how to deal with them, you have to know that they're going to give you trouble, that they're, they can be stiff-necked. All of that context gives the implication that Yoshua was not just a military leader. Let's be honest, before the Sikha, did you ever think of Yoshua only as a military leader? Of course not. You thought of him as the holistic leader of the Jewish people, as the child would have. So why now is Moshe suddenly saying, no, you'll be the singular leader to take them into Eretz Yisrael and everything else is shared by and actually guided by this Canaan. 
So the only way to squeeze an answer is So the only explanation you could possibly give, which in fact the Sif actually brings, is that the Zakenim will give their advice, Yoshua would apply their advice in practice. So maybe that's the answer. Yoshua would be the actual person running the community. So Rashi is not satisfied with that and explains differently. He says when it says Tavoy, that Moshe, that Yoshua is going to accompany the Jewish people, it means How does Rashi resolve this? Not to suggest that the Skenim would give advice and Yoshua would put it into practice and that's the answer. Rather, Rashi says, that's Moshe's opinion. That's Moshe's attitude. That's Moshe's direction to Yeshua. Leave it to the Skenim to guide you. That's why Rashi has to include in this explanation that Hashem gave a different type of guidance to Yeshua. That you're going to take the people even against their will. Which means that Hashem's attitude is that the full running of the Jewish community sits on Yeshua. So Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to create a system where the Skenim would actually guide most of running the community and they just has a different attitude. So, now, to understand this better, so far we've only looked at the difference that the one Pasuk, our Pasuk says Tavoy, which means you accompany the Jewish people, and this later Pasuk says Tavi, that you bring them, even implying against their will. You'll notice that there are other distinctions between the two Pesukim. Here it says you'll come with this nation. Whereas the next Pasuk says that Tavi you will bring as B'nai Yisrael. What's the difference? When you refer to the Eden as B'nai Yisrael, that's a compliment. So Ha'am, we already said, is a little disparaging. But B'nai Yisrael, oh, now we're talking, talking about the Jews at a complementary level. So we've got to ask ourselves, how come when it says Tavi, that you're pulling them against their will, now you're talking about the Eden in a more respectful way? Why? It doesn't seem to match. The fact that later, when the Torah says, you, Yehoshua, will bring even by force the Jewish people to Eretz Yisrael, there it says, B'nai Yisrael, Shema Maila, Lomad Rashi, Shabazem Moisif, Akosif, Oid, Inyan. Rashi understands that here the Pasuk is telling us even more than what we would have originally understood. Not only will Yehoshua lead and guide the Jewish people in all of their personal things, that Pasuk implies that Yehoshua will even guide the B'nai Yisrael, the elite of the community, the Zkenim themselves. Which implies so that's showing us something amazing that Hashem's words to Yeshua are not only that you won't share the responsibility as Moshe wanted with the Skenim, but everything rides on Yeshua to the extent that even B'nai Yisrael, the Skenim themselves, are guided by him. Not only that, but that you can even Hit them over the head with a stick, meaning Ashlita Makal Shal Yeshua, Tealaskenin Kamoi Al Sha'ar Bene Yisrael. So what did Moshe Abena say? Moshe Abena told Yeshua, you will be an equal to the Jews in, defer- in deference to the Zakanim. What does Hashem tell Yeshua? The Zakanim will be equal to the Jews in deference to you. 
But a skein will not um, the skein will actually have no opinion in how things should run. Ay, that's incredible. You're telling me that Yeshua is the heir to Moshe Rabbeinu, and now you're describing a leadership style that is exactly the opposite of Moshe Rabbeinu's leadership style. Moshe was assisted by the Skenim in the day-to-day running of the community. Whereas the way that Abish is presenting to Yoshua, those same Skenim who played such a major role in Moshe's time play no role in Yoshua's time. That's strange. Is Yoshua not the assistant to Moshe? Who never moved from his side? Is he not like the moon that reflects Moshe, who is like the sun? That his entire light is only what the sun gave him? In other words, Yoshua's entire strength draws from Moshe Rabbeinu, therefore, how is it possible then to suggest that Yeshua's leadership and conduct will be not just different, but the opposite of Moshe Rabbeinu? How does that make any sense? That's why Rashi explains there's only one leader per generation. This is not just talking about physically who is at the leader, the head of the pack. But rather, Rashi is telling us something mind-blowing here. Not only do the Skenim have no power in Yeshua's time or over his leadership, Moshe Rabbeinu, so to speak, has no further power once Yeshua is the leader. In other words, as long as Moshe Rabbeinu was alive, Yeshua was 100% bottle, absolutely dedicated, and followed everything like Moshe would have wanted. But when the time comes for Yeshua to become the leader, Moshe's style and approach to leadership is no longer relevant. Imagine that. Yoshua was completely bottled to Moshe. And when Yoshua becomes his own leader, Moshe becomes, so to speak, irrelevant. The leadership style becomes, so to speak, irrelevant. During, during Yoshua's time, you have to lead like Yoshua. Because if Yeshua leads as Moshe would lead, then it sounds like Moshe is still a leader at the time of Yeshua, and you cannot have two leaders simultaneously. Because it is absolute that there can only be a single leader at any time of the Jewish people. Therefore, Yeshua's conduct has to be completely different to Moshe's conduct. Moshe Rabbeinu did share of his strength and power with the Zakenim, and Yeshua doesn't. Ah, you'll say, as we previously mentioned, what about the fact that Moshe and Aaron both led at the time of Yitzhak Mitzrayim? 
That was not Moshe and Aaron, both the Daborim, the supreme leaders of the Jewish people at the time. That was Moshe and Aaron sharing a very unique and specific shlichus to take the Yidin out of Mitzrayim. But Dabor Echot Ledoir. When a person is the leader, the Nasi Hadar, that is his style, his leadership, independently of the leader he was completely dedicated to before. There's a beautiful depth to the story. Chesidus talks about the fact that Yeshua has two elements to his character, to his spiritual being. There's an element of Yeshua as he was the ultimate student and recipient from Moshe Rabbeinu. Then there's Yeshua in his own personal state where he is compared to a youth or somebody who is small. That's why he's compared to the moon. Also, the smaller luminary. Now, you would think that being youthful or small is in some way a handicap. It's actually a benefit. Like the Pasuk says, Hashem calls the Yidden a youth and therefore he loves us. Because when a person is small or youthful, they are more dedicated and have greater Kabbalah soil, willingness to accept what Hashem wants, more than when a person is, so to speak, great. In other words, an intellectual, somebody with a developed emotional connection, etc. And therefore, it's specifically from this katnus, from this bitl, from this diminution, that a person can access the real love of Hashem that comes from Hashem's essence. The distinction between the two elements of Yeshua are indicated in the two different psukim about Yeshua's task and leadership. When it says that Yeshua is going, that Yeshua is going to accompany the Jews in Teretz Yisrael, that's Yeshua as the student, Yeshua as the Mishores, Yeshua as the receiver from Moshe's energy. Moshe Rabbeinu, who is, of course, the ultimate state of Chochmah, in Moshe Rabbeinu's world is great value to Skenim people who have a tremendous amount of Chochmah, and therefore they should be part of the leadership structure. But when it comes to the second Pasuk, there Hashem tells Yoshua, you will bring the Jewish people. Bring means... You, Mitzad Malis that's you as your leadership style, which is the unique style of Bittel more than Chochmah. Now you saw the child that Hashem loves. When you have such a degree of Bittel to Hashem as Yeshua did, you don't rely on the Skenim, even though they have this incredible greatness of Chochmah of wisdom, you don't rely on them because you're beyond it. You'll actually see this in the words. Tavoi are almost identical. The difference is a yud and a vav, and they represent the spiritual distinction between these two types of avoida. Tavoi has a vav and tavoi a yud. What's the difference? The idea of a vav that represents where something from a higher dimension is brought down and expressed in a lower dimension. Anytime you draw something from a higher to lower space, you've stepped out of the essence, right? In other words, if you're sharing something with somebody else, you can never share your essence with somebody else. So whatever you're sharing is already a step down. 
So therefore it implies on the one hand something beautiful because there's a drawing of energy from one space to another, but it has its limits. This represents the way we serve Hashem through the power of intellect. Where you need custodians to ensure that wisdom arrives wholesome and that it arrives in a healthy way and that it gets to its destination. That's why you need skenim. Yud, on the other hand, is a tiny little letter that is essentially just one spot that represents complete bitul. When you're at the bitul level, you don't need the skenim to keep you on the straight and narrow. In fact, the yud of the bitul rubs off even on the skenim whose entire connection and experience of godliness is based on chachmeh. They now taste bitl. They have to do what Yerushua says even when they don't understand it. You hit them on the head with a stick. It doesn't just mean that you're some kind of a brutal leader. It means you knock their intellect into into a perspective of bitl. Which teaches us a beautiful lesson. Beautiful and it's incredible how the Rebbe speaks almost in the first person over here. What's the lesson for us? I mean, is effectively, I suppose, first person. Nowadays, Nowadays, the, the, the emphasis, the requirement of people is to engage in and specifically the Mifzoim. Where every one of the Mifzoim has to be completely inculcated with a sense of spreading Hasidus as far as possible. Some people say, why? We never used to have to do this. People say in previous generations we weren't so caught up in this incredible passionate type of Abbas Yisrael. So people say, before the Friedrich Rebbe came to America, nobody did these radical things. Who gives you the right to innovate such crazy radical ways of serving Hashem? The answer is, there's a singular leader for each generation. Maybe Taka in previous generations they did not need this particular kind of avoida. It's a different world. And like the Gemara says, you come to Bavel, you find that there's a big desolate area, you've got to fix it. You've got to protect it. And that's exactly what happens in our world. There's, there's new challenges and new fixes. If our Rebbe tells us, the Nasi Hadar tells us, as the Rebbe calls it, the Friedrich Rebbe's, the Nasi Hadar telling us that we have to engage in spreading Chesidus. And especially seeing as we know that there is a famous letter from the Baal Shem Tov that this will hasten Mashiach's coming. So for us it is irrelevant what previous Manhigim told their generations. This is our Manig for our generation. That's what he has to tell us. That's what we have to do. So therefore every one of us has to completely engage in the instructions of our Rebbe. And that will bring Mashiach Mamash now.